Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Glassed. Things are not always what they seem on Planet Orange. We've learned that the hard way. The internal combustion of last year's team is only the latest example. And I've got to be honest, feels like there's a little bit of weirdness going on right now. Like DeAndre Ayton's brooding mood after Game 4. Or Monty Williams' bizarre terseness with the local media who have largely treated him like a prince. Or the defensive confusion we saw on the court when an enormous lead evaporated in Game 5. But... The willpower of Devin Booker and the firepower that he and Kevin Durant bring to every playoff game is unrivaled, unbelievable, and largely unbeatable. They are now 12-1 as a dynamic duo, 12 more, and they win a championship. This is all happening with the backdrop of a team that is thin, occasionally soft, clearly vulnerable in spots, and not all that interested in playing elite defense for 48 minutes every night. It's happening with a head coach who is clearly feeling the heat for fumbling with his bench and remaining strangely loyal to Landry Shamit. But in the end, I'll take this formula every day of the week. You can have the culture and the chemistry and the deep bench of contributors because I know where this path leads. I vividly remember Michael Jordan laughing hysterically after his general manager said organizations win championships. No, they don't. Great players win championships, and from my vantage point, It's going to take a really hot team and a really hot hand to beat the pair of aces in Arizona. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. We have two great locations who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Hard to put the words. You know, um, somebody that I follow, you know, for a very long time before we developed a personal relationship. So, you know, to even be sitting up here with him right now is kind of surreal. Um, but, you know, just competing at the highest level, iron sharp as iron, and, you know, even getting that, you know, the work that you guys don't see, you know, in the practice facility together, you know, all-star break. I remember working in there together, playing two-on-two. Um, I don't take none of it for granted. Stevin Booker, after his, a tremendous night, 47 points in a Game 5 closeout over the Clippers. And, and you were in the room, so I know you noticed this, Bick. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Durant and Devin Booker at the podium together. And when Kevin Durant made his comment about spiritual, he, he yeah. used that word. Love and then that he word. started to gush about Devin Booker and what he did on the night. Devin Booker is usually really stoic when he's when he's dealing with the media. Gives great answers, gives a lot of thought to his answers. He listens to questions, but he's usually stoic. You don't see a lot in terms of no. outward emotion. No. But when Kevin Durant started to gush a little bit, Devin Booker couldn't contain it. He had that look on he had that smirk on his face like he was fighting off a smile like he, he's talking about me. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was it was a cool well, moment. Well, it was it was it was a cool set of questions that was uh set up and at first it was it was a question asked of Kevin Durant, what did you think of what you just witnessed? And he said and what he was referencing as spiritual wasn't the entire performance. It was that stretch in the third quarter. It was mm-hmm. the 25 points in the third quarter outscoring the Clippers 25 to 24 single-handedly. The walk 
up threes, uh, lighting the building on fire, all that kind of stuff. KD also said that, that he's gotten to the point in his career where he doesn't emote much on the court. He doesn't scream much on the court. He got caught up in the energy exchange last night. Yeah, and he says that, that does not happen to him anymore. The top of the key three where Devin Booker held the pose. <laughs> yeah, right. And you could see Kevin Durant kind of close to underneath the yeah. basket facing the baseline, just letting out this primal yell. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. Man, it, it was, was fun to watch. Oh, when, yeah. When a player, I, I don't care who the player is, um, when a guy that's capable of doing it goes off and just is scoring in all different ways and affecting the game that way, it is amazing to watch a basketball player do that. And we're seeing Devin Booker be able to do that more and more. Yeah. He's done it more than once in this no, series. No, he has. And and so what, what I think is if you could have if you could have hit stop full stop at the end of that you know at the end of that run at the end of that quarter when you took a nine point deficit and turned it into a 16 point lead uh, I think this town would be just raging yes. on fire right now yes the way the game ended introduces some new variables to this whole thing there's the unhappiness with Monty Williams over Landry Shamit and these bench pieces there's the okay are we really good enough can you believe that we struggled with a Clippers team that didn't have their two stars and and how do you give up a 20 point lead when you You've got this opportunity to sit your stars down and limit their minutes. All that stuff's in the air. And, and that's okay. Devin Booker even said this after the game. He said it's it's not the worst thing the game ended like this because it's going to kind of keep us on our toes a little bit. I agree, but you also have to ask yourself the question, are the Suns, as currently construct, constructed, capable of putting that's, that game away and yeah. putting it in the rear view that's, and absolutely mm-hmm. stealing the soul of their opponent. And I give a lot of credit to the Clippers. Many teams, after that run and that mm. barrage by Booker in the third quarter, would have just, especially in a closeout game, would have folded up shop I, and they would have started gonna, making their vacation well, plans and they didn't ba- do it. I'm going to go back and rewatch the fourth quarter yes. today because I want to I want to see the level of defensive intensity w- once the Suns got up 20. And, and to see that if, if they could have done a better job at clamping down on that team because they should have known that the Clippers weren't going away. They should have known from the previous four games that the Clippers weren't going away. But there's a lot of should-haves with this basketball team that don't always get fulfilled. But again, at, at the end of it all, it's, it's, we've, been, we've been gifted these two transcendent superstars and man, do they make it look easy sometimes. The elite level shot making in the playoff crucible not everybody can do that. No. And I thought Chris Paul had a good game last night. I was watching him carefully. I thought he had good energy, good juice. Not great, but good. Hit a couple of nice shots. Yeah. They, needed they yeah. clearly limited his, his time at point guard. Well, clearly. And when they didn't, the Clippers, again, made it difficult for that, especially during that comeback for the Suns, to get the ball up the floor and really get into their offense. Nick Batum was pressuring Chris Paul all the way up the floor, mm -hmm. and and it was kind of flashbacks to the previous two postseasons on how teams did that. Yep. Uh, I'll be curious to see how campaign gets integrated now because I I thought we all kind of assumed he'd be on a minute's restriction. We didn't know it would be that kind of restriction. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So, he got the short leash just like everybody else. This I, You would really think this has to be the end of Landry Shamit, um, at least for a while, because I... This, it, I don't know. I think with uh, with a yeah, new series so, yeah. and it's a clean slate, okay. you probably, probably roll him out I there think to see the temperature is there. Him being in crunch time showed the faith that Monty still has in him. 
I think just the opposite. I think we might see just the same amount as Landry. Yeah, Cohen. Mike, you, you don't think that faith would be shaken after what you saw last night? Yes, but uh, to Jarrett's point, when they came to the determination, all right, the ball is going to find a Kogi in these defensive sets, and he's going to get open shots. Can he knock them down? They didn't have faith that he could knock them down. There was a choice to be made there. You could have gone to Cameron Payne. Probably not, because mm-hmm. his first game back. You could have gone to Damian Lee, who got a little bit of run in the first half. Torrey they didn't Craig. do that. They could have gone back to Torrey Craig. and had that what I would have done. Big, but Who's hit shots in this uh, in, in this stretch. Or they could go to Landry Shamit. Or, or you could abandon this idea that this is who we are. The ball finds it. Energy and who's ever open is shooting it. You abandon it in those yes. moments. You abandon that philosophy. Booker or KD. That's it. I'm so glad you said that's that. Chris it. Paul, if he's wide open, but all that's teams it. will profess that. You know, they're always encouraging their teammates. If you're open, shoot it. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a but there. There is a but. There. Some guys are not equipped to hit those shots. No. They're just not. No, and and if you as the head coach of this basketball team said this is what sets them apart, their ability to make shots when there's no other option. Yeah. When the ball when when we have to have it and it's either you or nobody, that just make that policy. Just yep. make that policy. The Clippers are in the rear view. The Nuggets is ahead, looming for a game one on Saturday. I want to take your phone calls on what you've seen, what you expect moving forward from the Sun. 602-260-9870. Some open phone time here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers now. Yeah, the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings continues. Lots of recap from the Suns' 136-130 win over the uh, L.A. Clippers last night at Footprint Center. They move on to the second round. Clippers go home. Uh, or on TNT, they've gone fishing. So we'll uh, we'll see what uh, the Clippers look like when next season rolls mm-hmm. around. But we got more Suns basketball to talk about. Both uh, look back at the Clippers series and look ahead to the Nuggets series through your phone call. 602-260-9870 is the uh, phone number. We'll start off with George in Tempe here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, George. Hey, well, you know, I, you know that I love all of you guys. I really do, and I highly value your opinions, other than maybe uh, your musical taste, Vince. Um, but uh, <laughs> something you said earlier that I have to take—I uh, have to take exception with. You said the rebounding was the uh, team exercise, and I would postulate the rebounding is the ultimate individual exercise in basketball. You have to want it. You have to want to think that ball is yours, and nobody else gets it. Now. That's not a Monty problem that they're not rebounding. It's a James Jones problem because he doesn't sign the guys who have that want. But just about everything else last night is the Monty problem. He almost tarnished what was an amazing game from Book. He didn't put Book out to start the fourth quarter. He didn't try and put them away. He, he let them up. He let Book start to play hero ball. And I don't know if there's only two possibilities. Either he doesn't know how to call the right plays in that situation where he's allowing Book to just come across midcourt and dribble it and wait 15 seconds and try and do something heroic himself. He should have called timeout, and he should have said, stop it. Here's what we're going to do. Pass the ball. Twelve possessions in a row when Kevin Durant didn't, didn't touch the ball. So either Monty doesn't know how to call plays in that situation or Monty has lost the team. I'm not sure which. 
So here's my prediction. I said it. I said it last time we talked. Monty is not going to survive this season unless they win a championship. There is no way that they're going to put up with this. I tend to. I tend to agree with the latter. I. I think that maybe our reasons might vary a little bit, but I. I do think that there's a lot uh, a swirl underfoot personally, um, and that's just my instincts squawking at me. The 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 exception I will take is that there was a time when Devin Booker and Hero Ball was not always a good thing. I'm not so certain it's not always good. It, we're getting to the point now where it's 9 out of 10 times it's a good thing. Yeah, a couple things from George's call. Going back to what he said about the rebounding team exercise as opposed to individual. What I said was pointed towards the criticism that DeAndre Ayton gets on a night-in, night-out basis when the Suns are getting beat on the offensive glass. Did he have a good rebounding first half? No. Did anybody have a good rebounding first half? No. Team exercise. Aiton and the rest of the team picked it up in the second half. Um, yeah, the 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 Devin Booker thing at the beginning of the of the fourth quarter is interesting because he didn't come back in mm-hmm. until there were nine minutes left. They were up sixteen points at that at that point, so it's still comfortable. I I don't blame Monty for wanting to get a guy in a twenty point game a little bit of rest before he comes in to try to close it out. It was just a, a, a weird confluence of events there. Let's go to uh, Ramiro and Avondale here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Ramiro. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Vic. Ramiro, uh, what's happening? It was good. Uh, so my kids, I actually have my homies with me today. They wanted to say their thoughts about the game, and they all, uh, they also wanted to say, what's up, Vic? What's up? <laughs> what's up, little homies? <laughs> I feel like Landry Shamit could have played better. I feel like he should have made those open shots. And I, th- and I thought Devin Booker had a heck of a game last night. Nice. Well done. You're going to take my job, little homie. <laughs> it's little Good homie and Marauder Show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 602 is the phone number. Let's go to uh, Phoenix. Jose's up next here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Jose. Good morning. Big fan, guys. Just want to say. Thank you. I don't think the Suns are going to get any more well-coached team than the Clippers at the rest of the playoffs, at least in the Western Conference. The pressure they put. But not giving up, you will not face any other team that's going to give that to you. This is the perfect test for the first round. Everything else will seem easier. Denver can't hang on defense. We all know that. Yeah, listen, I'm. I, you can count me among people who are very, very skeptical of the Denver Nuggets. I, I think the Suns are going to run through them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might be a dangerous thing to do, but when you compare the off, or the postseason of 2021 till now, one of the takeaways was in the Western Conference Finals, you know, the Clippers coming off that Nugget series, it was a stark night and day difference from quality of coaching. Ty Lu is a very good adjusting playoff coach. He's a good in-game adjustment guy. And I remember having the discussions in that Nugget series questioning the tactics of, of Michael Malone. Yeah. Who talked about, I think, on two or three different occasions how his team quit during that series. Uh, it's, it's a different, the same cast of characters, good core, but... We don't know if, if Michael Malone's improved as, as a playoff coach yeah, just yet. Fan. We'll find out. Uh, let's go to Tom in Phoenix, who's up next here on Arizona Sports. What's going on, Tom? Hey, you know what? I am definitely all four of you guys' uh, number one fan, but I'm going to have to agree with George. Have you seen a picture of the lead singer of The Cure lately? I mean, he makes Jared look like Justin Bieber. I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh-huh. seriously. You mean the legendary uh, Robert just... Smith? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like he's The Walking Dead. Uh, 
But very disturbing to see a 12-0 run, four threes in a row, and the KD isn't even didn't even get the ball. Didn't even get the ball once in in those four possessions where the Suns, you know, had the 12-0 run. And you know, again, we're we're splitting hairs here. I mean, they, they it seems like they're just kind of still experimenting on the bench. And but I I just don't think Landry Shamit should be. Uh, taking uh, shots, you know, when in a closeout situation when they're making a 12-0 run. That's just my personal opinion. And, hey, 14 months, I'm still down 90 pounds. Uh, nice. Sickly and Murata revolution. Let's go. Well done. Uh, well done, Revitalize. Man. Well Thanks, done, brother. Tom. Appreciate, Appreciate you. And by the way, Tom, Robert Smith looked like The Walking Dead in 1985, too. So Robert Smith could use some <laughs> revitalized these days. <laughs> Uh, the the point people are bringing up on Durant that came up in the post game too with with Monty Williams. Uh, he was asked about the lack of fourth quarter shot attempts for Durant. I thought we missed him in transition a couple of times, but for the most part, they denied him. If you watch the film, you'll see one guy, he's in the corner and the guy's denying him. We p- tried to put him in some screening actions and they topped him. And then they put two guys around him. And that's why we put Landry in the game, hoping that was free him up a little bit. But I think we got to figure out, I have to figure out ways to get him in space so he can catch the ball freely and be able to go. Yeah, again, splitting hairs, I think, is a good way to put it. Is it too long for him to go? Should he have had more than two shot attempts in a, in a tight fourth quarter? Absolutely. Kevin Durant's also, even though he's new, has earned the reputation, hey, get me the damn ball. Well, he can demand it. Yeah, listen, it, the whole thing was very ungainly and unbecoming. Could you imagine if there was a game six in Los Angeles? Could you imagine if the Clippers, if that Batum three had gone down? And could you imagine if things would have just fallen apart. The, if Russell Westbrook doesn't blow the layup? The the stuff that would be surrounding our basketball team right now yes. would be frightening. Frightening. Yeah, because I think if it had gone to Game 6, it was going to go to Game 7 at Footprint Center. Ty Lue, uh, Ty Lue, before the game, said he was thinking about pulling the same trick he pulled as head coach of the Cavaliers before a Game 6. Remember that when he, put, when he gathered money from everybody and put it in the ceiling of the coach's office in front of his players? And his players like, what do you do with the money, man? Like, I'm putting it in the coach's office and you'll get it if we get back. So he's giving the guy, remember that? Do you I remember this story? I don't remember this story. LeBron still claims he never got his money back. From the whole thing, but it worked. Doc Rivers did it once back, way back in the day with Boston. Ty Lue talked about thinking about doing it last night. So maybe somebody who works for the Suns, you might want to check the ceiling in the coach's office, the visitor's office. There might be a windfall there for you. <laughs> I'll be right back. Hey, I'll be right back. Uh, right. Thanks for the phone calls. Appreciate it. We'll continue this recap of the Suns' victory over the Clippers with the birthday boy, the Hall of Famer. 90 years young today. Voice 90 years young today. Al McCoy joins us next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. It is a 
very special day. Not only did the Suns win in five games over the Clippers, it is the birthday of one Al McCoy, who joins us right now on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Al, from all of us hey. here at the show Happy and the station, birthday, Happy Al. birthday. Yeah, just another day in paradise, guys. <laughs> yeah, about that. And uh, I know DA yeah. told you after the game last night they gave you the early gift, but man, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, man, that was, a, that was a nail biter, Al. Well, it bothers me. Bothers me when they uh, get the lead and then allow teams to get back into the game. And uh, thanks to a great performance by Devin Booker again, uh, they were able to get the job done. You've seen a lot of great players spanning a lot of generations, spanning a lot of decades. I'm real curious to what you feel we are all watching with Devin Booker right now. He's the best. Uh, he's the best, and you've heard me say this many times. In fact, I mentioned this to a representative of the NBA that was at the game last night. And I said, if Book was in New York, Chicago, or L.A., we would be hearing so much about him as the great player that he is. But he's in Phoenix, and uh, maybe not getting the pub, but what, what a player. And what a job he did last night. Just unbelievable. Yeah, he was phenomenal with 47 points. As we all know, 25 in that third quarter where the Suns scored 50. But, um, you know, going into this, and I call it an experiment, Al, with Kevin Durant not being in the fold very long. I think the Suns are figuring a lot of things out on the fly. It's obviously very nice to have that luxury of having Devin Booker and Kevin Durant because it covers up a lot of weaknesses. But when you look at those weaknesses moving forward, what, what concerns you the most? Well, uh, I think they're in good shape. I think uh, they're getting uh, the bench play a little better organized. I thought Kogi came in, made a nice contribution uh, last night. Uh, we didn't see much of Cameron Payne, just a few minutes. Maybe we'll see more as we go along. But I think uh, things are developing pretty well. I like the way they're falling in place. And again, as I've said so many times, the opposition is going to have a tough time knowing who to defend. And uh, Kevin Durant seems to be stepping up nicely. CP3, you know, he's always going to be there in the fourth quarter when you really need him. And, of course, uh, with Booker right on top of his game, uh, I think the Suns are ready, whatever is next. It, and it doesn't say a lot about Kevin Durant that he's perfectly fine with, with Book being the guy that is that is just sort of driving this thing. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and he's got no issues at all just letting Book do his thing. Well, I think that's very true. But uh, the thing you like that uh, um, KD is there when he's needed, when he has the yep. open look, when right. he can drive the ball to the hoop, uh, when he can make the big pass, he just knows how to play the game. And that's uh, that's really showing up, I think. The legendary voice of the Suns, all Hall of Famer, and birthday boy Al McCoy joining us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, it'll go down in the books forever, Al, as a five-game series victory, which doesn't necessarily speak to being a long, knockdown, dragout drag-out series. But 
Man, I tip my cap to the Clippers. They were shorthanded. They had every reason after that third quarter last night to fold up shop and and start their off season. But they came charging back. What can you say about uh, what the Clippers presented to the Suns and the job that you know Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell and, and Ty Lue did in that series? Well, they did a great job. They're competitive. Uh, their coach is on top of it, and I give them a lot of credit. No question about it. And they could have stolen that game very easily last night. And uh, they they gave the Suns uh, all the Suns wanted, believe you me. I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, there was in the first half, the Suns were getting killed on second chance points. They were getting killed on, on rebounds. Uh, are there any issues that you think that they do need to clean up before they tip it off in Denver? Well, rebounding is going to be a factor, no question. Now, the Suns, uh, after they had the sputtered, a little bit in the first half. Uh, they came back with that great third quarter, scoring 50 points, and really had the offense rolling. And, of course, again, thanks to, to Booker. Uh, they need to do a better job rebounding. They can't give up those second-chance scoring opportunities, and it's going to be tough against Denver, no question about it. Yeah, looking at Denver, they've been in that top seed most of the year. The Nuggets haven't seen the Suns as currently constructed but they do have a two-time defending MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, the last time these two teams got together in the playoffs, Al, it was a pretty easy time of it for the Suns. Uh, what do you expect early on uh, in this series from the Denver Nuggets? Well, you, it, uh, as you mentioned, uh, a year ago, the Suns took care of them in pretty good shape. I think these games, obviously, in Denver are going to be important. You want to see the Suns just continue playing the way they did in that third quarter last night. And uh, I think uh, they're going to match up pretty well. Of course, Denver has the big guy, as you mentioned. I don't think uh, the depth of Denver is as strong as uh, some people think it is. Uh, the Suns uh, just have to stay on their game. Uh, and I look for a very com- very competitive series. What do you think um, the effect of altitude plus the heavy minutes that the Stars are is, – is that an issue? Do you, is there any way to prep for that? Yeah, I don't think that's an issue. They, this is the playoffs. They're going to have several days off now. Uh, uh, I don't think the altitude's going to be a factor at all. I think our our son's team is in great physical condition, and uh, it's playoff basketball, and it's time to get after it. Yeah, Al, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for... Now, uh, for be, before for, we let him yeah. go, though, Al, so I saw the cake they brought up to you last night. Now, what kind of cake was that? Jared wants to know. Jared's a big food guy. <laughs> well, uh, just make a guess, Jared, and whatever your guess is, that was it. Uh, <laughs> And the guy that enjoyed it the most was Tim Kemper. <laughs> <laughs> what a partner you are, yeah, Al. You're the best, yeah. Al. Thank you so Thanks, much. Uh, glad we get to keep talking uh, playoff basketball with you. All we'll right. talk to you again next Wednesday. See you then. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Sun, celebrating a birthday today. Joined us on uh, on Bickley and Murata Mornings. What's your favorite kind of cake there, Jarrett? Uh, oh, How do you feel? Oh, I love cake. I'm not a big sweets guy. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm, I'm not the biggest sweets guy, but I do. If if I have a, like a birthday cake, for example, mm-hmm. I like white cake with whipped cream frosting. Uh, I also like strawberry shortcake. I like tres leches cake uh-huh. very much. Okay, but good. In general, not my. <laughs> Ice cream cake I used to always growing up. Al McCoy, yeah. 90 years of age today. So that's it's good that, that at least they could have got that thing in the, you know, 
And don't, in the win column because of yes, that. Yes, and don't discount the fact that when you asked what you're seeing from Devin Booker right now, Al McCoy said he's the best. Mm-hmm. And he, as you prefaced in the question, Al McCoy has seen them all. Yeah. Going back to yeah. Connie Hawkins and Dick Van Arsdale and uh, and those guys. Walter Davis. Walter Davis and, and, and Charles Barkley and all of them. Steve so Nash. What we are seeing right now is... Uh, is it becoming legendary? We will find out. We'll have more on the Suns' victory over the Clippers in five games in the Western Conference playoffs. Coming up on this Wednesday, it's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now... Tonight, Devin Booker passes Charles Barkley for the most Uh, 40 points in history. Thank you. You passed above, Devin. Congratulations, man. Well deserved. Thank you, Devin. I I don't want to hear his name no more in Phoenix. Coco 5, Coco 35. (laughs) TNT crew last night. Devin Booker has surpassed Charles Barkley for the most 40-point games in uh, Suns playoff history. Does it in a closeout game? Where have we seen that before? 47 points in a closeout game. Devin Booker did that against the Lakers in round one two years ago. Mm. He does it against the Clippers in game five last night. Does it in front of the home fans. Uh, He had multiple 45-point games in one series on 60% shooting Mm. in this series, Bick. Uh, the last two players to do that in a first-round series, this was tweeted by Doug Clawson, LeBron James in 2018, and Michael Jordan in 1992. Wow. Uh, yeah, so the stat line, 47, 10, and 8. Uh, Devin Booker has one triple-double in his career. He did it in the playoffs. He's got no triple-doubles in the regular season. Did it in Game 1 against the Clippers, I believe, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get the idea he might be kind of... On the doorstep of another one of those, maybe a couple of them, he's kind of at that level right now. Yeah. So, so you know, if you're the Denver Nuggets, the reason, part of the reason why I'm not that fearful of the Nuggets is I, I don't trust them under pressure, number one. I've seen Nikola Jokic lose his mind in a series against the Suns. That's uh-huh. number two. Um, number three, I, I, they just, I, for whatever reason, their mixture of guys just doesn't scare me that much. And number four, when you take a look at this, you, you take a look at Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and you put them up against Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. To me, that's a that's a blowout win for the Suns, in my opinion. Um, but but I also believe that. The Nuggets have not played really good basketball for some time. There was a time when I was like, oh, wow, this is looking like it's going to be their year. And they started that series off against Minnesota very strong. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota won game four, had a chance last night to Mm -hmm. steal one and send it back to Minnesota for game six. They were getting their footing underneath them. They were trying, they were, it looked like they were kind of cracking the code of Denver mm-hmm. as the series went on. So I think the Nuggets are fortunate to close that out in, we in saw, five games. We saw last year with the Suns, who played great all year, 
But then at the end of the year, they started not really playing like themselves, yeah. and they never got it going again. Denver, the way they closed out the the regular season, this could be happening to them too. So, so this is going to be a big DeAndre Ayton series to hold up inside against Nikola Jokic to play defense without fouling, to play with force, to rebound, to box out, to do all those kind of things. But I, I like where they're at. I really, really do. Now, the altitude thing, I, I don't know what that's going to mean, especially when you're talking about a team that's logging the kind of minutes that the Suns have been logging. Yeah, there is that, but it's also not the first time any of these players are going up to play basketball in Denver, Colorado. No, but it's... It it might be an initial factor, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Charles Barkley not only got passed uh, by Devin Booker in 40-point playoff games in Suns history, but he also said this last night on TNT. You've been riding with the the Nuggets Nuggets all year. I I think their depth. I think that Murray against Booker is going to be must-see television. I think Gordon trying to guard Katie is going to be must-see television. Joker's going to be the difference and the depth of the Denver Nuggets. I think that's going to be, in my opinion, that's going to be the difference. But man, those two one-on-one matchups are going to be fabulous. I think the depth of the Nuggets. And the lack of depth on the on the Phoenix side. But, but Joker, I think he's going to, I think, you know, we keep, we don't even know how great this guy is. I mean, he is amazing player. And uh, I think this is the year they get to the conference finals again. Yeah, uh, on that depth, uh, we're talking a lot about it with the Suns because it's a lack of depth. Their bench mm-hmm. really struggled in this series against the Clippers, and thankfully they didn't have to do much to win this series. Will that change moving forward? I don't see it changing much, but this is the time of the playoffs where depth becomes an overrated topic of discussion. When you look at how the Nuggets and Michael Malone employed his team in that Minnesota series in five games, they really used about seven and a half players. You had Murray, Jokic, Porter, Gordon, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, uh, Jeff Green playing heavy minutes. The rookie Christian Brown played in all five games, but only about 12 minutes a game. So they're really only using about seven and a half players. Does that change? They do have veterans, like Reggie Jackson, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith on, on that bench. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't see the bench being this glaring advantage for the Nuggets no, as, I, I. as I did neither in the Clippers series. No, either do I. And and that's I, I really I think this is a I think it's a manageable matchup. Now again, if Jamal Murray goes off and Devin Booker comes back down, because as we've talked about here, it's the the thing for Devin Booker in terms of getting to that next level, it's it's being that dude nine games out of ten. It's it's taking those zones, those A plus zones, and stretching them out even longer periods of time. And and so and I think that's what's happening now. You, you watch and play none of this is fluky what's happening here and, and so I yeah I think this is a good individual matchup I know the Jamal Murray Devin Booker thing was once quite a debate between Nuggets fans and Suns fans just like Donovan Mitchell Devin Booker was a debate and I think Booker has answered those uh, those questions people that were asking them very definitively this year but uh, Jamal Murray is working himself back into shape he had a really good series against uh, the, the, the Timberwolves averaged 27 points and one thing you can't deny at least historically does it continue to hold shape this way DeAndre Ayton in his career has played very well against Jokic it's one of Mm -hmm. those things that you can't really explain because sometimes DA will float and struggle against the lesser centers that you don't expect much from 
And he elevates his game against the best centers in the league, and and he's a good matchup. It's a, it's a good matchup for him mm-hmm. against Jokic. Does that hold water? That could be a huge key to this series. Yeah, and and so if so if Da was feeling a little bit, I don't know, I, whatever it was after Game Four, whether I, I do know for a fact that the teammates been pounding on him. There, 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 the coddling. There is none of that anymore, and they need. And you know what it is? It's because the room knows they've got what it takes to win a championship, and they know that these cha- these these chances don't come around that often. And so as that happens, as the stakes intensify, the, the tolerance level of of the drifting of DeAndre Ayton, um, it wanes significantly. Mm-hmm. This is a great series for DA to kind of reestablish everything. His value to the group, his value as a player, um, his value as a playoff performer, all of that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and and Jared. Uh, Kellen just published a story on ArizonaSports.com where he breaks down the Jokic versus Aiton matchup. And in it, he says Aiton just had his worst playoff series of his career. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, listen, it wasn't. It was not good. It and just wasn't that impactful. I don't, his, it wasn't terrible. It, no, but it's but it's also his attitude. It's it's getting barked at. It's 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 the 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 defensive intensity that was lagging. Uh, even last night, Shaq had said, "Listen, you got to feed the big dog if you want him to guard the yard a little bit." And you could tell early on in the game they were trying to get DeAndre Ayton touches so he would remain engaged defensively. Uh huh. And they got him the touches early. And he delivered. His touch, shooting-wise, went bye-bye in the second half. Mm-hmm. He was front-rimming a lot of stuff. But here was DeAndre Ayton after the game, uh, looking ahead to that matchup against the Joker. Oh, yeah, it was going to be fun. Um, you know, they're the best. And, you know, um, sometimes basketball, we try to we want to compete and beat the best. And um, that's what we were looking forward to. And I know it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a great series where, you know, Mono uh, play against Imano. Yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mono against Imano. Mono playing against Imano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm dominating, man. I got a Tesla battery. Yo, soy I'll fiesta. tell you whatever you want to hear. Just ask me. Uh, I still find it somewhat endearing. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers are heading to State Farm Stadium with special guest The Strokes on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour with some social studies. Sarah Cazell will take us through it here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.